Hey everybody, Brian Zane here with another edition of Wrestling with Regret. Wait a minute, hang on. Where am I? This isn't this isn't YouTube. This isn't the Cinnabon. Where the hell am I? Gaming Street Irregulars? Well, I know a thing or two about gaming and certainly being irregular, but no, this is not my scene. I'm out of here. <laughs> Morning, good afternoon, good evening, good whatever time of day it is. Welcome once again to Gaming Street Regulars. I'm James Irish. Sadly, not joined by Chrissy Harding this time. She is, as at the time of this recording, very ill. We wish her a speedy recovery. But today, I am not alone. I am joined in the booth by Mr. Taji Venom. Good, good to be here. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Am I me. pronouncing that right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely right. Thank God. I forgot to ask that before we started. <laughs> oh, you, you can tell I go a mile a minute sometimes. Before we dive into our main subject, let's just quickly get to know our guest, since this is his first time with us, hopefully the first of many. First of all, uh, what are some of your earliest gaming experiences? Uh, my earliest gaming experiences, honestly, were with uh, mainly RPGs and fighting games. Pretty much, pretty much solely those for a good portion of my younger days. Okay, the the yin and yang of of the Japanese gaming experience, basically. Pretty much, yeah. Any particular games of the, either of those two genres stand out, other than obviously today's topic? Well, yeah. Besides that, mainly a lot of Capcom fighters. Um, you know, Street Fighter, the later on the Versus series, and. RPG wise, mainly actually stuff from Capcom and pretty much back then SquareSoft, now Square yeah. Enix. Um, that was pretty much it, and, and it's especially when I was still living in uh, New York, the um, you know arcade scene was still you know fairly strong. So you know you had your local arcades and you had your bodegas and pizza shops and stuff like that where arcades were set up, and um, you know even a lot of uh, the SNK. Uh, SNK multi machines, you know, those were around a lot too. Oh, God bless those machines! Yeah, yeah, that was mainly my um my starting experiences, which kind of really carried on to today. Yeah, we. If you're curious about some more arcade tales, be sure to check out our Arcade Memories podcast with Linwood Knight, where he details his experiences with the much lamented Chinatown Fair. One other question before we dive into our main topic: mm-hmm. What are you playing now? Now I'm mostly hopping back and forth between Elden Ring, KOF 15 I've been dabbling with. I haven't really labbed it yet. I've just been kind of having fun with friends and unlocking music and stuff. Let's see what else. Uh, Destiny 2 I'm in and out of. Um, but that's that's mainly it right now. You know, I've been you know, hopping to other fighters here and there. I don't really stick to one that much. Like, you know, I'll be playing King of Fighters for a while, then I'll go back to Guilty Gear, and then Street Fighter, and it's just I can't really stay on one game and, and just get super good. As soon as I start to, it like starts to feel like work, 
like when I'm labbing too much. So I know that feeling all too well. But uh, yeah, the King of Fighters 15 is actually what spurred today's topic of discussion, the original King of Fighters story arc, and we are going to dive into that right after this very short break. for what would become the King of Fighters franchise were planted in the Fatal Fury games, where the uh, titular tournament was basically a bread and circuses thing ran by crime lord Geese Howard, who was, who was upended by Terry Bogard, and, you know, on and on and on. But mm-hmm. in that Fatal Fury series, a couple installments later, they introduced a dream match with the protagonist of another of their fighting games, Ryo Sakazaki from Art of Fighting. This, the popularity and response to this decision spurred SNK to cross over all the games, leading us to King of Fighters 94, and that's your 10-cent version of, of where we started. So, Taji, which of the games did you encounter first? Uh, actually, it was 94, just in the arcades. I liked the game. I didn't really realize a lot of the significance of it, um, especially since I was younger. Uh, that was the first one that I actually played. I actually wound up wound up uh, getting 95, uh, the uh, PlayStation port of it. So those were the beginnings of uh, me and the series. I imagine that PlayStation port was fairly rough, as a lot of the ports of the 2D fighters were. But we were still happy to have them back then. Mm-hmm. I know I had a similar experience with X-Men vs. Street Fighter, especially since I wasn't aware of the import scene back then for the Saturn. Yeah, definitely. I remember um, if you had a Saturn and a Meg cart, like you were like the man. Like you had <laughs> you had it made. You could play you know, X Men vs Street Fighter, uh, Vampire Savior, all the good stuff without you know, all the missing frames and things like that, and instant loading. So it was it was pretty cool. My own first experience with King of Fighters came just after I heard that SNK was hitting bankruptcy. And I was like, oh my god, if it's now or never, I gotta grab one of these things. And at the time, I had the Dreamcast, so I was able to get the port of 98, which yeah. of course was titled 99 for uh, mm-hmm. reasons? <laughs> I, I didn't know it back then, but since I was also into emulation, after I was like, okay, I kind of like this, let's see what else is out there. And, you know, in, in college, it was when I was there in the, the late 90s, early 2000s, it it was the wild west of emulation and, and copyright crackdowns on the internet. They had the big companies hadn't yet started really swinging the hammers, so I just took a deep dive into all of them that mm-hmm. I could get my hands on, and just fell in love. It felt like I fell in love too late. Yeah, I know that feeling. Definitely know that feeling. There, I had um, you know the same feeling with a lot, a lot of different titles the, that. Um, you know, I kind of wish I, I got on board with earlier, and then now that I like it now, it kind of feels a little bandwagony. But I, I definitely know where you're coming from with that. 
So do you have a particular favorite installment of the of this first wave of five games from 94 to 98, which encompasses the Orochi saga? Easy. Hands down, 97. Oh, okay. Got a particular reason for that one? Is it the, is it the roster specifically? The roster, the arranged themes for the console version, that's, you know, that's where the, uh, the well, the, I mean, that's the art hit its, you know, the end of it there, at least for the time being, as far as Orochi was concerned. And it was, it was the title that made me fall in love with King of Fighters and, and by extension, SNK. Because, I mean, I played Fatal Fury. I loved Fatal Fury before that. Played Art of Fighting, loved Art of Fighting. And, you know, especially not growing older, a lot of the things SNK actually pioneered in fighting games that are still used to, to today. You know, a few things started with Art of Fighting and Fatal Fury, but 97 was, it was just the one I played most with friends, the one that just I just deep dove in the stories with, um, had a lot of media and, and spinoff material too. So yeah, during that time, 97 was, that was it for me. Okay. Yeah, 97 always struck me as, as a love-hate relationship personally for me, mm-hmm. but that's be- probably because I'm most familiar with the arcade one. You had the console one with the arranged soundtrack. The arcade soundtrack, oh, so hit and miss. Yes, definitely. But at the same time, the stages were just utterly brilliant. I loved seeing the Korean fan dancers in that stage. I I loved the random cameos that popped up in the China stage. And what music was there was really good, at least. Mm-hmm. But Control-wise, 97 plays like a freaking dream. Yes. And I yeah. and I also appreciate yeah. this was when they introduced the option to go either advanced system or extra system. That really opened up a ton for that game. Definitely did. Definitely did. And for future games where they either use the same system or sometimes hybrids of them. But yeah, definitely. Now, Taji, do you have any go-to characters for this series? I'm not going to run down the whole roster for the audience at home, because if we did, it would take me 20 minutes, and <laughs> nobody has time for that. <laughs> yeah, um, it's it's a little cliche, but I've always been a huge Kyo fan. Uh, it's just not so much a main character thing uh, or main protagonist thing. It was I just really liked his just lazy style, like in the lore, but you know, he's strong, cares about his friends and stuff like that. It was just, he wasn't, he wasn't really, uh, even, especially back then where how we're going to use anime, for example, like how shonen characters were, they can be kind of similar to that, but I just kind of liked He was a little bit anti-shonen. Like he didn't really care about things that were going on. Like he didn't care about, you know, the, I mean, he you know, cared about the world and Orochi and all that, but like, he wasn't really about the feud between, the Agami and everything. And, you know, back then Yasakani, you know, you just, him and Niori just, they just had like personal beef. Like it wasn't even about the, the right, clan right. feud. So I, I just, I really like that. Yeah. And, and nothing against uh, mascots or anything like that. They're typ- typically wind up being the mascots for a reason. They're balanced, approachable, mm-hmm. but especially in Kyo's case, especially after 96 and 97, when his gameplay really branched out, there's some depth to that guy. Mm-hmm. But who do you usually pair him with? Well, back then in that game, 
I, I'd like to pair him with Iori, but he Iori was so popular that a lot of friends would pick him as well. And I would try to like, you know, kind of spice things up a little bit. So a lot of times I would put on a team Shingo because he's, he's kind of unexpectedly good. Like a lot of people wrote him off as just, you know, a kill wannabe, which you know, kind of is, you know, lore wise, but yeah, you know, all, you know, he had the, his critical hit system and everything. And, and Terry was usually a, a safe bet. I like using him, but um, I really like, I'll kind of throw in like a kind of a curveball character that not a lot of people would really expect, at least back then. This is before I played, like got into the competitive scene and actually started playing games right. <laughs> but I would throw in uh, maybe Yashiro or Chris sometimes. Okay. Uh, the new members of the new faces. Yeah. And that's pretty much, um, those were the main ones I use. I wasn't as uh, open and, and, to characters as I am these days. It was like, you know, I'm going to play who I like, which is still the thing today, but you know, I don't like these characters. They're not cool to me. So I'm not going to play them. And then, you know, you, you miss out on a lot there. There's some really good characters out there. This is in games in general, even ones considered low tier. Like, you know, I wouldn't play characters like that. So then I don't know their moves. I don't know what they're like. And then I'll run into somebody playing them online. I don't know how to handle them. So it's, you know, it's a good way of looking at it. Speaking for myself, I've my probably my main is would be King. I greatly, uh, you know, when I started in, I was like, okay, she kicks her fireballs. Mm-hmm. That's actually different and interesting. And and she's got a sense of style that contrasts to the kitty little Yuri and uh, mm-hmm. little Miss built-in flotation devices. <laughs> I slowly but surely branched out from there. I picked up on. On, on Terry, you know, he's mm-hmm. SNK's mascot, of course, but again, it, they, the mascots tend to be good, balanced, playable characters, so they're usually good sure bets. And, you know, I'm sad, I'm uh, side side note, even though this isn't part of the, of the run we're discussing, mm-hmm. I'm a little sad I missed out on King of Fighters 11, since that was the only appearance of Duck King as a fully playable character in the franchise yeah. so far. He's got kind of the Blanca play style to him, and I really enjoyed that when I was playing Street Fighter, and and I love the weird characters. Yeah, me too, me too. Yeah, Eleven was really good. I li- I liked Eleven. So, what characters do you not like playing against, or playing as, for that matter? Hmm. You know, I have a I have a thing about boss characters, just because oh. even if they're like watered down when they're selectable. It's, I don't like, they're cool to play as, have fun with, but like when people like put them in teams, it kind of just bothers me. It's like, it's not, it's not really cheating, but it's like, you need a boss character. Come on. Uh, It's, you know, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just like a a weird irk from just back in the day. That, that, that's fair. I mean, there was a special, especially with, with these SNK games, because you're familiar with it, but for the sake of our audience, I'm going to explain to them SNK boss syndrome, which is where the boss characters in the game are bone crushingly difficult and not all the reasons are necessarily fair, especially with Rugal in certain King of Fighters installments where the the game would just read your controller inputs and have the perfect counter. I'm sure you've got some horror stories of playing against Rugal in 98, especially. Yeah, 98. That was, he He was the man in 98. 
yeah, it's Mega a, Man a, boss at some points. Yeah, definitely. Oh my gosh! And speak, speaking of that specifically, going back to King of Fighters eleven, uh, to Magaki, like he was, he was a Mega Man boss. <laughs> And you know, it was, and you know, and SNK Syndrome. I mean, there was they they meant it. SNK Syndrome, whatever game you played. I remember um, Samurai Showdown slash Samurai Spirits Three. You know, the last boss, if he catches you with his super on a counter hit, he one shots you. Oh, it's it's that bad. <laughs> Ooh, one shot hits. That that sounds more like it would be at home. And oh, I forget the name of it. It was this. PlayStation exclusive samurai drama series. It was kind of an antithesis to the fighting game trends where it was one hit kills and it was about more hmm. about timing your one hit, but the name of it escapes me. Was it Bushido Blade? That's probably it. There, there were two of them and I don't think there were any past that. I remember playing it a lot in my freshman year. Yeah, there wasn't there weren't any uh, new Bushido Blades past that. Uh, there was, I remember there was a it wasn't a PS2 launch title, but it was a round launch time that was inspired by it. But I don't think it did very well. That title I don't remember the name of. Okay. As for King of Fighters characters, for me, I hated playing against. Aside from bosses, I appreciate Choi Bonge mm-hmm. as a character. I think he's. He adds a little, uh, some much needed levity to the series. But man, hold still. <laughs> Flee on a hot tin roof, that guy. Yeah, you know, now that you mention it, I, I, I didn't really have fun playing against him either. It's especially since around, at least the people I played with barely used him. Like, I just wouldn't really know what, to, I mean, I knew his specials and everything, but like how he would come at you was just just different and and then by comparison his his cohort chang it's just like hitting a sandbag just punch 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 he go down mm-hmm. but if you knew how to use him i mean he can he can do some damage oh for sure for sure when i was introducing chrissy to the to this franchise a couple weeks ago and showing this off i had to resort to using the korea justice team which is chang Choi and their uh Captor Kim Kepwan just to get to get past a certain point in '94, and she came to the observation: "Wow, the Taekwondo guy who captured them might be the weakest part of the team," which struck me as a little amusing. That's an interesting outlook. <laughs> Very interesting outlook. Yeah, she, she doesn't come from a fighting game background necessarily. Uh, if she were here, she'd tell you that when she played Injustice with her office co-workers, mm-hmm. she, she would uh, spam Batman's headbutt. <laughs> and it a worked. Win win. <laughs> and it, a win. And it pissed off all her co-workers. So no wonder Chang would have appealed to her. Oh, and uh, the, I don't know what's popped in my head. When you mentioned, you know, Terry being the kind of the mascot these days it you know back then it was pretty much kill the mascot mascot of the franchise and i mean even through the next few arcs it's he was um i know when uh, the nest saga started you know k dash was the the primary protagonist but you right know, you know a lot of people especially i believe in the when it first released kill and Iori weren't part of the uh 
the starting roster. I think he had to unlock them with time played or something weird like that. But people were in an uproar. There was either a time played option or there was a ridiculous code you had to input, which Lord knows I don't have memorized. Right. You could obviously turn to Thorky's Arcade's uh, video on the Nest Saga for the details on that. Very but, good channel. Uh, Thorky. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Now, I understand you had a little lore you wanted to drop on us uh, regarding some of the PlayStation J- Japan exclusive RPGs. Yeah, it's 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 something I like to... I mean, it's not canon, but I, I like to consider it, it canon just for fun. Just because it, it doesn't really change the main things established. It kind of adds to it. There was... Uh, so, you know, any... Most fans of the series are familiar with, uh, you know, the... Uh, the Pact made with Orochi with the uh, Yasukani clan, and it became the Yagami. Right. Uh, there was a there was kind of a, a side, not a actually it was part of the main plot, but there was like a, apparently a Kusanagi member that made like a similar pact with uh, with Orochi, and and it with that also carried the kind of side effect of the Kusanagi actually being able to riot, not being I wouldn't say being able to riot, but be susceptible to the riot of blood. Right. Which, um, I think that was just a cool, I think that would have been a cool thing to just, you know, maybe that could happen to Kyo at some point and it's kind of looming in. And I think, and this is, this is just something I think, I want to say King of Fighters, maybe 2001. I, ha- I have to double check it. Kyo had a super, it might've been his like, his like max desperation move where I know he grabs you. And before he did the move, like he had the face sprite look like uh, Iori's when he's rioting. And I kind of, it kind of felt like a, maybe like a little Easter egg to that. Okay. But, I mean, this, is, this is all headcanon. This is all, I got my tinfoil hat on. So, but I just, I kind of like that. And um, just, it just adds a little more flavor to it. It doesn't really change anything established, but um, I thought it was pretty cool. Hey, sometimes headcanon is the most fun canon. It definitely is. <laughs> And, you know, going back to the topic of mascots, uh, I noticed, or rather, when I was in my initial phase of fandom, I remember reading somewhere that it was speculated the reason the character Athena dislikes mm-hmm. Terry Bogart so much is because he took her place as SNK's mascot for a time. <laughs> that, I, you know, what? I think I think I read that about that somewhere, too. Because she was on, her and Nakaruru were on, like, everything back then. Mm-hmm. That is funny. I like that. I think they should work it into, like, some of the special intros and stuff. Absolutely. One of these days. Now, music is, of course, a huge part of what makes King of Fighters special. Do you have a favorite song? Ooh. Ooh. That's a good one. It's, it's <laughs> tough, I know. So are we, are we sticking with, like, that saga? Just for that saga. Just, okay, just so right. That makes it a little easier. <laughs> this hmm. is going to influence what music I use elsewhere in the podcast. Oh, man. Because the... Uh, I mean, it, it, immediately, I kind of want to go to, you know, yours theme. It, it, that m- might be my favorite, but the Orochi, like the Awakened New Face team, their arranged themes are so good. Ooh, yeah. That music really does bring home, along with the stage design for that, mm-hmm. the tension of what's about to happen if, you, if you're if you not successful. 
Yeah, that's really, really good. For, for those uh, who are wondering, who are listening at home, uh, at that point in King of Fighters 97, the big bad is about to be resurrected and, you know, Orochi, and it's going to mean the end of the world as we know it. And no, our protagonists do not feel fine. That stage is slow, slowly going cataclysmic around you with eruptions of fire and lava and it pro- and, and it progresses worse and worse as you go on through evil versions of the of that game's new faces team and another explanation for our listeners at home we previously alluded to the riot of the blood that's an affliction that can be induced in somebody of the bloodline of Orochi where they basically go completely feral and have their powers amped up at the cost of their intelligence and humanity. They basically become the manifestation of Unga Bunga. <laughs> Insert Captain Caveman clip here. Which is a little, uh, they, they were a little SNK, mid-boss syndrome a little bit. Like they, they definitely read some inputs a little bit if you, you know, got to riding Iori or riding Leona. Uh, during that time, and um, yeah, and that's you know spot on with the uh, how it can happen with anybody of the bloodline, um, with the exception of the four heavenly kings, as they can actually induce it in the quote unquote lesser members of the the Hakeshu, the generals of the Orochi. Right. There's the four heavenly generals and the four earthly generals. Right. One general of which is actually immune himself, just because he's already. Bat Guano crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Yamazaki. I, he, you know what? I did not like him in 97 or in, you know, Fatal Fury and, and things like that. But I just, I love him as a character now, like as a character and gameplay wise. Um, you know, he's, he's really one of those weird characters and it's just so when he, his powers awaken and I guess maybe memories. I don't know if that is with some of them. Cause I know they, kind of reincarnate in some shape or fashion but you know everybody's like you know orochi we need to revive him he's coming he's like i don't care <laughs> i'm just gonna just gonna keep doing my gangster stuff right yeah when i first saw yamazaki he didn't leave much of an impression on me either i was just like okay he's a guy all in black his moves are kind of odd it took a little while for me to warm to him i think it took around when uh, the first capcom versus snk game came out and i realized just what kind of power level he was actually mm-hmm. on and what he actually meant to the lore and, you know, seeing some of his interactions with the other characters. And and I started to appreciate what he brought to the table. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it was about the same for me, too. But the first Capcom vs. SNK is when I actually used him to not some just the not to play as just somebody different which is the times i used him in 97 just to not play as a character as i normally played as but yeah it was about the same thing i started to realize you know how good he could be and then in ko 14 he was amazing so mm-hmm. it's yeah so i was pretty much the same on the same path as you then and of course it didn't help that he had to compete with his teammates for attention when you had billy kane and his staff attacks and uh and Blue Mary with their hybrid of striking and grappling. Mm-hmm. I, I caught into them a lot quicker. And also I recognized Billy Kane from Fatal Fury, but mm-hmm. 
you know, really good themes uh, on at least the arranged tracks. Well, I mean, even Billy's arcade track was really good too. Or just oh, like yes. the, uh, regular. It was really good. Okay, so I'm not sure when we're going to return to King of Fighters as a subject, so I guess I might as well ask a couple of these questions now. Where do you want to see the series go in the future? I mean, do you, are there any characters you want to see come back? Are there any uh, gameplay options or features mm. you want to see them explore? What would you like to see? As far as characters coming back, there's a few. I would love for Shen Wu to come back with a different moveset. I just, I, I like the character, but, you know, he had... You know, really just a couple of specials. Like his thing was just devastating damage, which is cool, but I, I, I like it when they bring out a character and kind of mix him up a little bit. And, you know, Shen would be cool. I think Shingo coming back would be cool too. Yeah. Um, yeah. For story purposes, I'd love to see what's changed with him. Mm-hmm. And let's see. Return. Especially since his story kind of ended on a cliffhanger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, with this new um, kind of, boss mode coming out you know it's it's even the trailer kind of implies they're gonna add more bosses to it because the it's just take on difficult bosses even though they just have rugal right now so i would love to see you know orochi back uh, i don't know about magaki he was he was a pain <laughs> yeah and you know even uh i don't know um maybe a boss mode of geese nightmare geese what well, it doesn't necessarily need to be nightmare geese since in this timeline he's alive but you know, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Give at least you know ge- we get, we're getting geese as part of the regular DLC. Give mm-hmm. him a souped up boss version, especially now that his profile has been so enhanced by his appearance in Tekken Seven. Yeah, yeah. That's. that's uh, uh, I mean, there's probably some other characters too that um I liked, but I'm not really thinking of at the moment. But because uh, I don't want to just kind of sit too long on an um and then oh yeah, this guy would be cool too to come back. And as far as uh, gameplay, I was a fan of the tagging. It was different, and I thought it worked kind of well. Um, I think there was only it was either eleven or twelve. I forget that had that option, but I thought that was pretty cool. Okay. Now speaking for myself, and tying things back to the Orochi saga, the character I want to see most come back, just so we can get a little bit of justice. And, make, and a chance for some in-game payback for all those times he gets thrashed and his invitation gets stolen. I want to see Heavy D back. Yeah! <laughs> we can set aside Brian Battler and Lucky Glauber, the, the other members of the USA sports team. But, you know, Heavy D's got connections to the Toto family and Duck King. And I, I can see Goro Diamond putting together a mixed martial arts team and wanting a boxer and turning to him or something like that. That would be a good team. I like that idea. And gameplay-wise, you know, I'm actually very relieved you had an answer for that because since I haven't gotten to play 15 or 14 for that matter yet, I'm not sure where they should begin. So thank you for mentioning the tag <laughs> mechanic. Oh, I gotta get on on get pre-ordering that Steam Deck, and soon. I have seen yeah. mercifully that King of Fighters 15 runs smooth enough on that sucker. Yeah, I've heard I've heard relatively good things about it. Like even quote unquote bad things weren't really that bad. Kind of things that you to be expected. You know that could be ironed out in the future. Hmm. Speaking of Steam, this is a massive tangent, but. 
what the heck, I'm thinking of it. We got plenty of time left still. We may as well kill a couple minutes talking about this. There's a game I'm playing a lot right now. It's a really arcadey title. It's called Vampire Survivor. Have you heard of this? I've heard of it. I haven't played it, though. It You know, if you like games like Robotron 2084 or Geometry Wars or, you know, twin stick shooter, things like that, mm-hmm. this plays like that, but with a Castlevania theme. Oh, okay. And it's it's addicting. And, oh, thank God they introduced that experimental lag reduction because my system is uh, old and creaky. But with this uh, lag reduction they're working with, it runs smooth as silk on my system. What a relief. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. My rig is just weird. Like, I can... I always talk about it. Like, I can run games like Bioshock Infinite, like, on max settings. But then, like, there's some sprite-based games that, for some reason, my computer, like, just can't play well for some reason. I don't know. Thankfully, like, things like Fightcade, like, that works fine. Thank, oh, I'm so thankful for that. But, um... But yes, yeah, so I, I got I, to I try Fightcade. Oh, it's great! It's so great. It's uh, especially if you know you're coming from a, and it really means a lot to me just because arcades were and was just such a huge part of my childhood, like ridiculously huge. And you know, it's while it's called Fightcade, it's not just fighting games on there. I mean, oh, yeah, naturally, like, yeah, Alien vs Predator arcade game, which was awesome. You know, it's just final uh, final fight. Even like the bootleg Street Fighter Two Rainbow Edition, like that's in the. It's, oh, it's so good. yeah, and and if you want to get even deeper, I've got some some friends, including the co-host of my other podcast, uh, who are talking about using Fight K to play the SNES Goof Troop. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they 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 have the console support now, and then definitely the thing. Well. I think we've just about, for the moment, exhausted what we can talk about with King of Fighters without having somebody else in the conversation. Boy, I miss Chrissy today. She would have had so much to gush about Leona. She fell in love with that character when I was showing the games and its story to her. That's a good character to gravitate to. And she was very similar to me in that she wasn't necessarily thrilled with how she's currently being uh, physically represented. You know, I, I look at her and I'm like, we should be basing her looks off of an MMA fighter, not a pinup model. Yeah, and I mean, and lore-wise, that stuff makes her uncomfortable. <laughs> like, anything girly or anything like that. Because she's, she's a soldier, she's a, she's a killer. Yeah, not to mention that that belt looks a little awkward with, with those uh, g- grenades hanging off it. Yeah, not something I'd wear. <laughs> not something I'd wear. Well, we are going to take a very short break right now, and when we return, we will have This Day in Gaming History. We will have Taji Venom's contact information, find out where you can find him online, and much more. Stay tuned! Want to support the Irregulars? 
head over to www.patreon.com backslash fc3roc. We're part of the media division of Flower City Comic Con, based in Rochester, New York. We're a nonprofit group. Everything we make off of Patreon and everything else we do goes right back into putting on our future conventions and other events, from reserving the facilities to bringing in guests. If you pledge any amount, even a slim dollar, you will receive improved access to my blog entries, where every Tuesday I go over current video game news and write retrospectives on old-school arcade games, all delivered conveniently to your inbox. There's plenty of other perks and rewards, and if you don't see what you're looking for, reach out to the crew. They'll be happy to work with you. Want to get a hold of us in particular? You can email Christy directly at k-r-i-s-s-i at fc3roc dot org and me at j-a-m-e-s at fc3roc dot org at the moment we're still working out most social media matters but we are indeed on facebook at gaming street irregulars chrissy and i are fairly frequently there sharing news and things we find cool and begging i mean asking for your questions and answers to be used in upcoming episodes yeah, asking. That's the ticket. We love hearing from you all, whether you have praise, constructive criticism, or just want to share something cool and gaming-related yourselves. Also, wherever you find FC3 on social media, we're usually not too far behind. So if you reach out to them with something for us, they'll get it to us shortly. Legally speaking, all music, sound effects, voice clips, and so on are the properties of their respective owners. We make no claim to them and have no intention of profiting off of them. Please don't sue us. We have nothing you'd want. When I was looking for this day in gaming history for the this episode's intended release date, April 30th, I found a few very interesting fighting game releases. But the biggest one, I have to imagine, is 1998, the United States release of the PlayStation port of Tekken 3. That was my first real Tekken experience, that game. And and have you, have you gotten some time in with that one, Taji? Yeah, um, I would say, while it wasn't my first real experience, because I played a lot of Tekken 1 and 2, I would okay. say Tekken 2 might have been my first real, like, I played the most. But Well, no, not the most. I mean, Tekken 3 I played the most. But that was, um, that was a lot of, that was like the breakout game um, for Tekken in general. Um, that put it on, I would say that, I don't want to say put it on the map, but put it on the map for like a, a larger casual audience. Because uh, it was good. Had mm-hmm. good. Great gameplay, great music. It was just all around, just a grand slam knockout of the park. Yeah, I unfortunately have two very irritating memories of Tekken 3. Mm-hmm. One, my copy of the game being stolen. Oof. And two, playing a friend's copy of the game and his uh, save game getting deleted because he had one of those big multi-memory card things that were not very reliable. I remember those. (laughs) And then me having to panic and start unlocking things for him. Only to realize, oh, this isn't my fault. This is the fault of the hardware. (laughs) And I also lost his Bushido Blade 2 save. Tying things back to earlier. That hurts. Yeah. (laughs) That hurts. Ugh. I remember unlocking, especially because you got to go through like that like hundred character thing to unlock the guys with the guns, and ugh, that hurt me. <laughs> that hurt oh, me to hear. Man, yeah, 
But another fighting game that came out this day, just the year prior, the Sega Saturn version of Fighters Megamix, a game I honestly haven't played. Yeah, I, I, I would appreciate. I appreciate a game more now than I did then, because uh, I mean, I, I know um, maybe one or two characters from Fighting Vipers were, were in there, and I, I thought that game was cool. But um, that needs a comeback. It does. It really does. Oh, I mean, there's there's so many good games that the idea was ahead of its time, but it was just limited by the hardware or something like that. Like, I would love a modern day Psychic Force. I would love. I mean, of course, the things that everybody wants to come back, Vampire, you know, Dark Stalkers, Rival Schools, but just like mm-hmm. the obscure ones. And I, I know we uh, I mentioned this in the, uh, the Discord a while back, but. Even games that weren't really that great but had really good ideas, like Evil Zone, uh, you know, in the in Japan. Like it just, it that game had so many good ideas, but it was just so badly made. It's a shame. Yeah, and when I think of fighting games, I want to see a modern revival for. Even though it wasn't necessarily the hottest series or the or the deepest fan base, but a modern Bloody Roar could be fun. Yeah. Yeah. If only Konami, we could get it out from under Konami. There's our one per podcast of Chrissy and James trashing on modern Konami. <laughs> oh, don't get her started. In fact, you could that screeching sound you might be hearing, that's her yelling about how, how dirty they did Kojima. Yeah, it's and it makes it makes no sense. Like, why would you ruin a relationship like that? Like it's Ugh. So, if you want to be found online, where can people find you? Well, my uh, Instagram is Taji underscore Venom. Um, you know, Twitch TV, Taji underscore Venom. Uh, and uh, on Twitter, Taji Venom. All right. Definitely check all those out, especially his Twitch content when he streams. Taji, this has been fun. We are absolutely going to want to have you back whenever you feel up to it and have the time. I'm all about it. Like I, I had a good time. Yeah, a- absolutely. That the, this is. I'm gl- I'm glad I invited you into the into the guest room server. So now we. So now when the schedule comes up and you see something you want to jump in on, just say the word. I definitely will. And on behalf of Taji Venom and of course the missing Chrissy Harding, I'm James Irish. Thank you so much for tuning into Gaming Street Regulars. We appreciate every single one of you who downloads and listens. Leave us a review on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Until next time, game on.